have a dream that we could dance in the street and all the Welcome to the Connie G Show, everybody. My name is Conrad, and how are you, buddy? Uh, yeah, sorry about, uh, well, not sorry for the intro there, but make sure I sound all right. Sounds okay, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is City of Lights album by Kareem Salama. Uh, if you're wondering at home, Kareem Salama is the guy that you're looking for there. Uh, yeah, like like most of you guys, I woke up this morning, which was step one, uh, and I looked at my watch and it said that it was the 14th of June, 2023. Now, step two. Woke up, still 2023. Okay, that's only one, you know, one day from the time I went to sleep. Everything is good. Um, and then I, I went on the the morning routine, uh, which is pretty simple. Um, usually it's dishevelment. Uh, I start the morning disheveled is what I like to do. So I like to roll out of bed disoriented, be like, um, typically. It's 5.55 a.m. The alarm goes off. And I have been waking up to that time. You know, I don't know if you're like me where every once in a while you... I think your body just gets on this... Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do a show. I got a person outside that's just... I thought they'd be okay, but they're not. They can't. You can't leave anybody alone for any period of time. Um, they get too crazy. So... I think that if you set your alarm at like 5.04 a.m., then what happens is your body gets used to 5.04 a.m. And when it rings, you... I I can't believe that <laughs> this person will not leave me alone. It's incredible. You try to do a show in a taco shop in Davenport, Oklahoma, and you have people that stand outside your door. I'm going to turn the camera around so you can see what I have to deal with the next time they walk up. I'll, I will, I'm going to take the toilet cam out and I'll set it up onto that door. We'll have a door cam, which is probably smarter. And it, it ruined my premise. All I'm saying is I got too used to certain earlier times, meaning... Or my body just could not move at those times. Have you ever had that where it's like it's 5.15, look over, you hit it, you fall back asleep, and it's 7.30? It's like, holy sh, jeez. You know, my alarm didn't go. It's like, well, or maybe your body needed to sleep for two more hours, you know? Um, it's not. There's a big difference between I'm late because my alarm didn't go off or, yeah, you're late, but <laughs> it's one in the afternoon. How long do you sleep? Well, I hit my alarm and I slept for seven more hours. So maybe you're just tired um, at a certain point. But I've been doing 555 and it's been working for me. And so I roll out of bed and then I built this um, like charging center slash um, convertible uh, bedside table or as some of you lessers call it, a nightstand. And what it does is it folds down from the wall. It's like a Murphy bed, but for drinks. So before I didn't have any place to set a drink. I'd use the window sill, but I said, I'm going to build this little Murphy bed. It comes down. It's got all the charger attachments. And then 
it's a great place to um, put your cups. So, you know, I'll get me a little iced tea or lemonade, lay down on the acupuncture mat, set my drink over there, charge all my, um, you know, spyware, all the stuff that's spying on me, and that's it. Set my alarm, boom, 5.55. So then I wake up, everything, you know, is sitting there on the bedside table at 5.55. So then it's just like grabbing handfuls of crap, you know, my watch and my phone and my earbuds. And then it's trying to like, sometimes I'll lay my clothes out, but that usually lasts like one day because the next day I'm like, I can still wear this old shirt. And then you think that when you hang it up at seven in the morning, like I'm gonna let this dry out. It's just sweaty. And then I'll wear it running tomorrow and that way I don't go through as much laundry but what you forget is it's seven in the morning and so by the time you have a full day and then another alarm clock goes and then you're five in the morning you're looking around for your clothes you're just fumbling around you stub your toes I stub my toe I mean that's one thing I don't believe in um getting you know blaming other people for your mistakes but this morning I what I like to do, though, is after the dishevelment period, go to the, you know, you go to the facilities, do that, go in, get a cup of coffee, go out to my spaceship, which is the the sofa there, and sit on the sofa. Um, sometimes there's a kid there, sometimes there's a dog there, sometimes there's um, a traveler there, you know, a dad or an uncle. So sometimes the spaceship is occupied. But my, my kids are at summer camps and... So it's just it's just nude week, you know, down at OK Tacoville. You just get out in your underwear or you can take your underwear off. There's nobody there, you know, and so you go sit on the couch and be like, ah, oh, this is what it's like to be able to sit on the couch with no underwear and not worry about somebody coming in, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so anyways, I was sitting there. Oh, no, I was telling you. I don't get mad about something that's not my fault, but I like the, the, um, we have a coffee table or a chest that sits right in front of the sofa and I like it to be about a foot from the sofa. If you guys can imagine what a foot is, um, it's a unit of measurement. So think about like, like your shoe, you know, what, what size shoe do you wear? If you wear an eight, Think about if there's another half of a shoe duct taped to the front of your shoe. That's about how big a foot is. And I like the little cupboard, the little lay-down cupboard or whatever, to be about a foot away from the sofa. And it's perfect then because then you can sit all the way back, have full um, lumbar support by the spaceship sofa, and then kick your feet onto... Basically, that's what it is. I mean, it's a foot holder. It's a coffee table. You put your foot on it. You know, it's a chest of drawers. It's a chest. So anyways, my wife, though, has a different eye for design, you know, as most women do. Sometimes I'll look at something and say, that's looks good right there. And she goes, that looks like utter shit. You should move it. That's ridiculous. Um, and I th- sometimes I say those colors look nice together. And she's like, that's not true at all. You're making that up, right? And it's I, okay. What do you want? Well, she does not like it a foot. She likes about six inches from that sofa. And so what happens is, 
at 6.03 in the morning after I've stumbled around and grabbed all my stuff off the nightstand and and stumbled through the darkness. I'm hopping over yesterday's discarded uh, trash and clothes and, and crap and garbage and, you know, um, all the different uh, dog leashes and dogs and her stuff and shoes. And we're not, I mean, we live in a pretty nice area as far as demographically goes, you know, if you're worried about that. Um, primarily Hispanic but uh, so people, but we have a small home. I mean, people, it's not a mansion or even an estate. I think if people, if a woman was going to come do an estate sale at our house, she'd be like, you can't call it that. You guys, we're yard, we have a yard sale house. We don't even have a garage sale. You know what I mean? We're, we are porch pickup people. We are uh, sidewalk people, sidewalk sale. That's how big it is. And so, you know, she's trying to maximize square footage, and it's tight. It's tight getting around the bed. It's tight walking through the home. Um, you know, you almost have to do the running regimen that I've been doing to try to trim some of that body just so you can get around my house because it's got narrow hallways. And um, you're fine on your own, but anytime a dog or a cat or a kid walks through, simultaneously as you, who knows what could happen. You better be wearing shoes. And I wasn't wearing shoes this morning, and so I clipped it. I um, was walking, you know, thinking you're own in the world. You're butt naked. Uh, nobody's in the house. Your brother, you sent your brother back to his home state for a day to, um, you know, find himself. And so I'm walking there carrying my hot coffee. Whew. Beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. I know my wife's going to be helping me at the taco shop all day. Ooh, don't have to worry about that. Might actually make uh, decent tips because, you know, you got a pretty lady taking orders. That helps. Uh, farmers don't like to see a... <laughs> as much as I love my brother, they don't really want to see a, a man of larger carriage with dirty clothes and, and chew hanging out of his face uh, mumble his way through a menu order. Um, so... You know, she's fluent in English, which is what most humans around here speak. And so she does pretty good. And so I'm feeling like I'm on top of the world this morning. I'm walking over and man, I just clipped. I clipped the edge of that. I clipped the edge of that. And so my toes, it was fine. I think as you get older, you're, and maybe it's just evolution or de-evolution or whatever it is. The fact that we even have fingers and toenails seems to be, you know, a problem that's going on. And you can hit with your toe. If you're walking at a normal speed and you hit the edge of a coffee table with your toe, I think it's comparable to a gunshot. I think that that's what there's like a pain breakdown on on that. But when you knock the toenail off, it looks worse than it actually is. I think as you get older, they get more brittle, and and they're just falling off with the evolution. So I lost a toenail this morning, and I sat down to think about it on the sofa. And as I was sitting there thinking, I was just like, gosh, what am I going to listen to as I run this morning? And, and Apple Music, which is um, a service that provides music, it also spies on you and, you know, probably 
manipulates your attitude based on playlists it curates for you based on your listening history. Um, but either way, uh, I pay for it, so I use it. Um, that's one of my big, <laughs> you know. If, if there is a cross that I have to die on, it will be that I paid for it. That's why I'm using it. Not that it's better. You know what I mean? People are like, why don't you use Spotify? Because I pay for this one. That's it. If you can teach me how to delete this and tell me there's something better that costs less money, I will pay for that. Um, <clears throat> and all the people that pay for stuff, hey, by the way, thank you. If you're paying for this, that's great. I appreciate it. Um, if, you don't, if you know somebody that's not paying for this, send them a link or tell them to go to Patreon and search for OK Taco Club. Um, OK Taco Club is the home of the Connie G Show. It's also the home of the OK Taco Show, uh, where you know we discuss life as taco men in, in Oklahoma on Route 66. And um, there's a lot of backlog episodes of crazy things that happened when we ran the food truck, and a lot of episodes I don't remember, and a lot of clues to what was ultimately where we're at now um, back in the archives that are all available on Patreon. Um, some episodes are available if you want to search for OK Taco Show on iTunes and stuff, but um, if you want to just make sure you're getting everything, just go to patreon.com backslash OK Taco Club. It's $5 a month uh, if you want to support the show. And for sure, you're going to at least get a weekly episode of the Connie G Show, so enjoy that so I'm trying to think what song do I want to listen to what do I, what do I even want to listen to this morning when I'm running and Apple provides playlists that it builds you know what I mean like it builds a country playlist or a rap playlist or a, a rock and roll or 70s playlist and which is good because it takes the big work out of finding random artists that you like and creating some sort of motivational um, weapon that can, at least that's why I'm using it, to try to motivate myself to go do something I don't want to do at that time in the morning. And um, But most of the songs are shit. Like, I like Taylor Swift, but only when I'm in the shower. You know what I mean? I don't like listening to her when I run. So what I was thinking, though, and I'm sure you were too this morning, is... Who's the greatest Muslim? Is there a Muslim country singer? Who's the greatest Muslim country singer? Because it's just an industry that seems to be dominated by more of a Cabela's crowd um, that's singing country music. And every once in a while, there'll be a Hootie and the Blowfish that'll slip in there, a Darius Rucker or whatever. And people, it's almost embarrassing how people, um, to use my friend Nick Cannon's term, while out. You know what I mean? These people are wiling out about Darius Rucker singing Wagon Wheel. And in my mind, it's like, are you, do you think it's good or are you just being extra supportive because it's somebody that's doing something that's kind of out of the norm, being a black country singer? And sometimes I think that that's like what people are doing. It's like a virtue signaling thing. So... I was thinking, well, is there a Muslim version of this? You know? Because the NBA had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and boxing had um, Muhammad Ali, and it's like, it doesn't even have to be... What's so weird is that 
still in maybe not your head, and but in my head, it's like, why not? And then sometimes you ultimately picture. You don't picture Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You picture like, um, the characters from. You picture the characters from Team America: World Police or something, the puppets that have like the stereotypical terrorist or something, and so it's like probably because the terrorism thing is probably why there's not a lot of country singers. Country singers seem to hate terrorism and. Muslims, as majority hate it too. I'm going to say that. But as a percentage, they're just, there's something off kilter. Like even if 0.1% of Muslim people hate are, are terrorists, if that was the actual stat, if 0.1% love terrorism, you know what I mean? 100% of country singers hate it. And I think that's the divide. But we got to get over that divide. And so I searched when I got to work. And we were late to work because of the whole foot injury thing. And um, there was a whole dialogue and monologue, really, of me trying to explain to my wife why it's important, why those six inches are important. It's the most six inches, most important six inches in her life is the fact that I, you know, which she didn't disagree with. She thought that my feet were more important. So, but when I got to work and before I got started with the taco business, I just, I Googled um, Muslim country singer and Kareem Salama. He, uh, he, he turned up. Freaking Muslim country guys. You know what it sounds like? Every other country. It's just the same. Saying, dude. So if you're looking for a little inspiration um, to get you motivated, if you just want to listen to a nice something that's very similar, very familiar, but coming from the mouths. Of, uh, of a Muslim, just Google Kareem Salama, and um, he could help you find that. He's, uh, he's available on Apple Music, too, if you have that app. So, anyways, there are, it does exist. This song's from 2009. His newest one was from 2019. I'll play that for you, see if he... There ain't nothing left to talk about What is this? So- Jamie Johnson? No, dude. There ain't nothing left to shout about. Oh, is this Chris Stapleton? No, dude. No. It's freaking Kareem Salama, dude. They say love come and that's the thing about it, though. I just want to say. If you're a freaking Muslim songbird out there and you're thinking it's time to put your Stetson hat on and your Wrangler jeans and drive a Dodge Ram with a Cummins emblem on it, you got to get a good name. You got to get a country name. Even Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish 
he didn't, you know, he didn't come in and be like, I'm Hootie and the Blowfish. I'm just singing country. He changed it to Darius. He didn't go with Darius. Some weird name. Rucker. Rhymes with trucker. Country people understand that. And I'm telling you, dude, Kareem, I like you. I like your song. It sounds great. Your name, you can take it if you want it. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith Turbin. I'm looking at you. It's probably not a. After saying it, I see. I see that that could be deemed as insensitive. I don't understand that though. You know what I mean? Shouldn't be. Um, from what I understand, turbans are just a head, like a big headband, like a tall headband that um, people wear to keep the. They put a bunch of water in it, and then. As the sun shines on them, because it seems to be like a pretty dry climate where people that wear that kind of headband live, and I think the water just comes down and kind of soaks their face throughout the day, and that's what a turban does, is from what I understand. And Wranglers are just Wrangler jeans, you know what I mean? So if his name was Keith Wrangler, everybody think that's cool, that's a cool countryman name, but you call him Keith Turban, and you think that there's some sort of something going on there. And that's what I'm here to fight. Thank you guys for being here with me today on the uh, 14th of June, the year of our Lord. And thank you, Kareem um, Salama, for your beautiful song. Looking at you. Looks like Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I don't know who you were thinking of. So, oh my God. My tooth, man, I'm telling you, sometimes even worse than stubbing your toe. You know what I mean? Because stubbing, that's just a barbecue sauce from, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Kansas City. Shannon used to love stubs. And he'd be eating a piece of brisket. I'd be saying, you stubbing, dog? He's stubbing. You know? But the teeth, I've been fighting this. I think it's like an open nerve. Um, I don't know how it happens. It happens probably from poor dental hygiene, I would imagine. Um, But uh, the enamel can break down. This is what commercials will tell you. All of this information is based on uh, 30-second advertisements that I've seen in between Nickelodeon shows and and then sports events and then finally, you know, that I'm watching in between It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. So most of the information you hear on this podcast will be based primarily on adverse adverse <coughs> how do you say that? Advertisements? Advertisements, advertisements um, that I've seen. And from what I understand about dental people is it's all a scam um, based on the commercials, meaning I never really trust anything that has a very wide range of... um, Outcomes, I guess. 
So, like, a dental, the fact that dentists are so intertwined with um, insurance and health insurance and Medicare and Medicaid and so governmental subsidies that and programs that also help people get dental care. The fact that there's 18,000 different kinds of toothbrushes that each claim to be the best and 18,000 different kinds of mouthwash that each claim to do the same thing and that there are dentists that get paid to recommend certain products over others and that dentists hand out swag to people like and it's kind of much like the vet where if you need um like you have a cavity you need a cavity filled one dentist might say oh that's going to be a thousand dollars and the other dentist might say that's going to be twenty five dollars and it's like well what which one's better And it's like they're both the same we just work with a different insurance company and we just don't take yours or Anytime that shit happens, it's like, this is not, you know, it doesn't, it seems like they operate in a building with either high rent or they own a building in a high rent area. They drive fancy cars to work. Everybody seems to be pretty well off. It's a staffed building and, you know, it caters to people The customer doesn't have to foot the bill. The job that the customer carries is what foots the bill. So people don't go get their dental hygiene done when they don't have great jobs because they don't have dental coverage. And so the whole system leaves out working class and below in the dental world. And then once a person does have a good enough job to go get their teeth taken care of, the amount of damage that supposedly has been done to their jaw over the years is like so irreparable that a dentist like get quotes them with some extreme number that the person then continues to to you know ignore their dental issues and what happens is you just have a whole half of people that can never get dental care and the other half judging them on it and it's like i don't know i just don't like it cuz i don't know if it's true it's like the vet I could bring my dog in and be like, well, it's $1,000, he's got cancer, take these pills. And But then if you tell them, man, eh, I'll just go shoot him, they're like, well, we could try this. It's $55. Like, why don't you start with that? But they don't want to start with that. So what I do for toothaches, and this is just a home remedy, is um, wait. Um, it usually hurts for quite a while, and then I wait, and then it goes back to dead probably and I don't know if it's the right thing to do but um, it's worked for a long time and so if I'm in a bad mood or whatever if I'm pissy today it's because I'm to that point where you're just I've just been eating some damn ibuprofen dude I think I got I got the shakes I got the ibuprofens you know you call me and it's like what's going on dude I, ibuprofen right now dude so I might have to address it but like <laughs> most dental stuff, if you ignore it long enough, it will be fine. Um, and if you guys want to comment below about that, that's fine. Thank you. 
So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's any. Some people say, like, use salt water and swish it around. I got one of them deals that it's, if you breathe cold or hot on it, you know what I mean? It stings. Um, and so you just got to kind of tough that one out, I think. That's where I'm at right now. Um, but I try to distract myself. One thing I did last night to distract myself was I laid on the acupuncture mat next to my nightstand and my uh, lemonade, and I turned on HBO Max. And it's a great little subscription service, home box office. You guys know HBO. And they were featuring a program called um, Ancient History or Ancient catastrophes or something like that and i like documentaries i typically lean towards uh biographical ones but i was thinking i was only going to be um awake for a few more minutes so i turned on this documentary and what they were talking about was this area of the world by egypt in the mediterranean um which I could be making that up. I, I Again, I don't know anything about geography. Mediterranean Sea, which is right by Cracker Barrel, as far as I know. It's right by Shawnee. If you go to Shawnee, Oklahoma, and then take a left, it's like 100 miles, and then you're at the Mediterranean. Um, so this is, I guess, 3,000 years ago. To, what they're trying to figure out is these cities that surrounded this sea, all were destroyed within a 50-year period at around 1200 BC, and except for Egypt. But every other major, um, and I guess there was major uh, empires that surrounded this sea, they, are, they were all burnt to the ground um, by the sea people in the year 1200 BC. And so it's all these people, basically what you get now though. What's so crazy I guess I'll say it two ways. What's weird is this. Um, So the people now who are trying to figure out what happened are like the cargo shorts wearing fellas who were curious, but not... You got to think about the kind of person who becomes an archaeologist. Archaeol... I can't say that word. Or the kind of person who becomes a historian of a certain... Especially a specified historian. So it's like, I study um, 5th century butthole jewelry. It's like, okay. It's like, yeah, it's really interesting what people used to do. And, and it is, but at the same time... These are the kind of people who are trying to piece together a mystery. So it's not like they got their... I don't know what... How big a bag of common sense they're pulling from when trying to uh, imagine. I don't know how much of imagination they have. Because they're trying to see factual stuff and then link it with factual stuff. Which doesn't necessarily lead to any imagination. And so you get these archaeologists and these... um, historians together and they're walking around these cities around this sea being like well do you think it was uh the sea people you think it's like gill breathing people that and they don't i don't even know if they have that imagination but at first they thought like 
basically uh, maybe famine, maybe uh, starvation, maybe one of uh, the ships sank and it was the Bronze Age and it lost all this bronze and so maybe the economy burst and then each trade route was severed by a uh, uh, bunch of dominoes falling because um, of a sunken ship and then people became desperate and attacking each other or... Or was it something else? Because it happened. In, what's so crazy to me is that it happened in a fifty-year period. Um, that it went from this lush slash peaceful slash it went from a purposeful existence for each of these empires, where they had. Um, goods and services for people to uh, busy themselves with to supply other empires and and vice versa. And so there was this interconnected little world of knowledge and goods that was happening simultaneously in in this small area in different empires around this sea. And then in 50 years, each one of them didn't... Each one of them is destroyed, except for Egypt. And so... There's all of these theories, but the one that I stayed up and, and finished was the earthquake theory, that this earthquake came through, and it was such a large earthquake that it didn't release the pressure. And an earthquake, supposedly, they can figure out that it did happen. I don't know. It's just, again, imagine your high school geography teacher walking around, you know, some weird rocky hill where he just dusted off what looks to be a step and says, well, this is the step of the, you know, this is the empire right here. If, and then we're in the middle of it. And this is, you know, whoever's tomb, this is the entrance. And it's like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. And you can tell by this crack that an earthquake happened 3000 years ago. Uh, you can. Yeah. 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 I don't know if any of it's and the, the part that you, you suspend your belief on even the stuff they say that they know is because if they keep digging, which they don't dig very fast anyways because they're afraid to, you know, F something up. So keep digging, you might find a whole other city underneath that one. It's like, well, when does this end? What happened to that one? But what's even crazier to me is the fact that we think that we're doing something. You know what I mean? We think that we're doing something in... this world or something and we're and I, I feel like a lot of people aren't um, and that's me not knowing what's going on with what other people got going on but I guess what I mean is it's just hard to imagine that in in eleven hundred and and fifty two BC, there was like a seventeen year old that was just laying in the dirt um, underneath. Hopefully, there was a tree or something, maybe by a creek, and he's just laying there. And somebody walked by and was like, "Hey, dude, what are you doing today?" And he's like, "I'm just don't feel it, you know. I just don't. This doesn't feel right. Like what? Ah, just anything. It's like um." Okay, then that's right. Stand up, grab the, you know, weird 
dolly that moves boulders and help me move this boulder because we're building an empire. It's, I don't know. They built all this crap and then it just, it, they had, they had got to the point where they thought they had it whipped at the time. Like, this is as good as it gets for them. This is great. We have this beautiful palace and I have all these people that helped me build this palace and they've all built themselves great homes and everybody's got their stuff and they're, they're trading goats and people and they're, look, they just sacrificed a, another, uh, another boy over there. They just sacrificed. That's great. Everything's going great. The gods are smiling at us and then, uh-oh, psh, gone. And so what they're thinking happened is this earthquake happened, everything, it was a drought, everything crumbled, uh, cities burned, there was no trading, and people just got on to whatever they could get on, foot, water, whatever, and took off towards the next place, and then until that happened there, and then it just continued to happen. Um, but there was also like kind of a theory of like, well, maybe these people weren't ready for... They didn't prepare themselves correctly. They got lazy, basically. Meaning they built the palace, they built the great defenses, they built the walls and all this stuff and the tunnels to get access to water. They built all this stuff to protect them from man-made enemies. But I don't know if they ever protected themselves from universal enemies, meaning an earthquake. So they didn't build it correctly for a drought followed by an earthquake. And so maybe what happens is, yeah, most of them died and the cities were destroyed, but the few that stayed on the, that got on the ship, the water people, and they did make it to Egypt and they did have the knowledge and the experience. Now, if, if we do rebuild, we better rebuild this way. And maybe they weren't able to rebuild because it takes generations to kind of redesign and start over, but maybe that's how it happens. But what happens is, inevitably, people get lazy and stop looking at what's coming. And this show is trying to warn, like, you know, with global warming or with climate change that these things could happen, but it doesn't really matter which thing that you're forgetting to pay attention to whether it be you're not paying attention to Mother Nature or you're not paying attention to that country singer who's wearing a, you know, uh, a dynamite vest or you're not paying attention to... But people aren't paying attention. And I think that right now, if you wanted to uh, compare this fall of these empires in 1200 BC to now, which is what this show was trying to do, I think the biggest comparison is that the show had mentioned that they became so prosperous with their trading that everything seemed to be okay, so people weren't paying attention. They were stuck in their own world. And I think there's a pretty good argument that um, that's happening, at least in this country now, where your basic needs are all met, Then, meaning your food and your you're clothed and you have shelter, you're fine. And so everything that people are dealing with is goes beyond what actually really matters. And so if we could try to figure out a way to make 
that stuff matter less and the important stuff matter more, meaning food, clothing, shelter, the rest help people that don't have food, clothing, or shelter in whatever way you can. So, I don't know. That's just a theory. It seemed like maybe they weren't helping people and they weren't helping themselves protect from something that, even though it hadn't happened before, does not mean that it won't happen. So, it was an interesting show, and watching it must have inspired some sort of vision that I wanted to Google Muslim country singer in the next morning. But, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm sure you guys did the same thing. How was your morning? How was your Wednesday morning? Did you just get up and have a bowl of Cheerios? You know what I mean? What did you do? Did you wake up on a Wednesday morning, take a nice jog, and have a bowl of Cheerios? Did you eat some overnight oats? What'd you do, bucko? Get up, um, do your yoga, watch yesterday's recorded wheel. Um, You know what I mean? What'd you got? I don't know. So, it's wild. It's wild all the stuff that was able to be built. Part of it made me, because you can do that. You can watch those and be like, God, I don't think that stuff could be built today. And I, but I don't believe that. I think that if it was made by humans back then, it could be made by humans today. Um, but what's more frightening is there was nothing. How the hell would I know that? There was, it must have been a collective effort to get these things done by the communities that existed in these areas. Because it was not able to be done by a small number of people. It took a whole, whoever had arms and legs to move these things and build these things. And, and so that lasted thousands of years, these things. So what makes me worried about it is, it's not that people couldn't do that now. It's that I don't know, there's a lot of people I do know that don't do anything. Whatever that is. You know, even if you're just the weirdo back then, like in 1200 BC, who's weak and doesn't, like, give a crap about architecture or engineering or anything, and there's a bunch of people standing around you in their robes and, like, where do we put the rock? Do we put it over here? Do we put it over there? Uh, If you put it there, the weight... And maybe you're the weird guy that's, like, just sitting there scratching triangle people into the wall. But that's your job. You know, you're doing something. There's people that... Now, that's what they do. They just say, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. And then it's like, well, what do you do? do? Are you just one of the people that scratch triangle people? No, I don't do that either. It's like, well, what do you do? And it's nothing. The answer is nothing. Um, and there's stuff that everybody wants to do. They're just not doing it, which is understandable to a certain extent, but... kind of strange because when else are you going to and what is alternative so and why not another reason why why can't you there are some things where it's like I just don't have the energy but I'd love to do it that's fine I don't know. I feel like sometimes people have given up and being like, this is just my lot. 
this is what I do. This is it. It's like, well, do you like doing it? I fucking hate it. It's like, then stop. Can't, got to do it. Can't do anything else. Don't know how to do anything else. Those are two different things and not true um, for either of them. But it seems like if there was a time machine, if Michael J. Fox finally got that car to work and we put a bunch of old banana peels in there and that time machine was the earth, and we drove it back in time to 1200 BC, and one of those rulers, I don't know what that was. I have no idea what that was. That was scary. Um, One of those rulers was like, okay, guys, what we're going to do is build a new castle over here. Like, what people be like, why why do we got to build it? It's your castle. Like, well, I think it's important to have a empire that shows strength that doesn't show strength what do you mean it's what color are you going to use everybody's just mad i'm not going to build you a castle what'd you ever do just because you're the king that's like (laughs) yeah i'm the king i told you what well what are you going to do then if you're not okay you don't have to build me a castle what do you want to do nothing okay so it's a good show if you have hbo i I can't say I suggested. I mean, there's no spoilers. Uh, I don't think they ever really figured it out. As far as they know, Black Adam showed up back in 1200 BC, saw all these fat people rubbing each other and, and overindulging, and just went zzz, and guess what? Reset. I like that version better. Um, oh, <laughs> I wrote this down. This is the idea. You guys are welcome to take it. Loves is a truck stop, okay? For all my 18-wheeled friends out there that are out getting it done. And you remember, guys and ladies, in America, if you're wearing it, if you're eating it, if you're holding it, if it got there, it got there by truck. (laughs) That's one of my favorite sayings. And truckers are uh, great people. And, you know, if we were building an empire of big rocks, we'd need a lot of trucks. And so... What I was thinking to try to help them is um, when I do go to a gas station on my way back to Kansas, I like to stop at a place called Love's. And there's two new, newly built Love's convenience stores slash trucker stops on my way on the corridor. And one thing that Love's does that most places don't is they tell you what's going on. Number 14, your shower's ready. Number 23, your shower's ready. Number 18, your shower's ready. And I don't know if that lady's in the shower, um, but I got to imagine those truckers are thinking the same thing I'm thinking. But they play the music, so typically it's not um, Muslim country. But you'll be in the bathroom. You'll be hearing this. Number 33, your shower's ready. And so that's what happens. And I was using the facilities at Love's, and I can't remember which stall or which Love's, so you can't go take a picture of it or anything. But while I was in there and I heard number 18 shower was ready and they cut the music, I was thinking, I really do like the music here at Love's. It is nice. I mean... 
it's nice that in their restroom, they want you to somewhat enjoy the cloud of shit you just walked through. Um, and truckers are, not only are they reliable when it comes to bringing our goods and, and products to us, but they're also reliable in their horrible diet. And so what you're going to almost guarantee yourself is if you walk into a truck stop bathroom, you're going to be hit in the face with an invisible punch. I'm talking about from a smelly, from a smell, smell monster. You know, that music will be playing. You'll be hearing a bunch of Muslim country as you're walking in. You're feeling good. You're getting ready to... And then all of a sudden... What the hell? So what I was thinking is... These people want to shower there, and they're going to eat there, and they're going to, you know, they're going to use the restroom there. We need to do something with loves and maybe do like a trucker prom. They should be finding love there. I mean, you can't name yourself loves and you can't offer all the amenities to travelers and truckers, but not offer the one amenity that everyone is searching for or doing it for, which is love. So I'm thinking we team up with Love's convenience stores and we start trucker prom. There's enough female truckers out there now and just lonely travel women who are gypsies, who are looking for some sort of stranger. Now, is it going to be awkward for some women who are married to go to there and always be hit on? Probably. I mean, if you're a good-looking lady and you go to Love's to get yourself a zigzag and a damn, you know, 24-ounce Dr. Pepper fountain drink, guess what? Roger is going to ask you if you're on your way home or you want to stay for a dance. Okay, because this is Trucker Prom. September 15th at All Loves Convenience Stores, 2023, Trucker Prom. You will be asked to dance. That's, that'll be our tagline. The music's already there. You already have the DJ. It's, it's already pumping in the shitter area. Just go to the shitter area, bring a trucker, or meet one there. And freaking dance your heart out, dude. Why not? And then go back out, get yourself a, a Johnsonville brat, put a little mustard on there. It's free chili it loves. Hit that bag chili. Okay. And then get out of there. How was your drive, honey? How was your drive, sweetie? Oh, my God. Such a long drive. You went to Minnesota? How was it? Well, pretty shitty, Mom. I hate Minnesota. But guess what? What? When I was in Oklahoma... I stopped at a Love's in Guthrie. When I walked in, a man asked me if I wanted to dance and led me to the bathroom, and we slow danced to Garth Brooks. It was trucker prom. Mom? And that man is standing behind you right now. Roger, this is my mom. You can call her whatever you want. But I hope you can someday call her mom, too. <laughs> It's just bringing love together is all I'm saying. It's using the name of the gas station and an event that has caused probably more harm than good, prom, um, together. It's bringing those two things together. Those two worlds collide. And we can name it that, worlds collide. Like, at, at my prom, I think it was A Night to Remember, was the movie about a... It was a movie about a girl... 
um, who got cancer, who gets a high school cancer, um, a high school version of cancer, and her boyfriend who sticks with her and like, I don't know, pushes her on a track and runs upstairs with her and shit. <laughs> You've seen it. It's a book too. Um, but it was nice to be like, what are we calling prom? And somebody's like, it's a night to remember. It's like, oh, the cancer one. Good. I'm glad. It's nothing more romantic than, you know, hey, babe, you want to dance? Where? At prom. What prom? A night to remember based on the book about the girl with cancer. So that's, but that's romantic, dude, is um, looking into death and an uncontrollable death that you get to watch happen. That's what cancer is. Um, so, yeah, it's a bad deal, but I think you mix it with Love's Gas Station. I think you got a good thing going right there. I think a trucker prom is smart. I th- you get yourself one of them Glade plug-ins or something. Love's should get a Glade plug-in situation or Febreze. Just have that lady from Progressive hold a can of Febreze and escort every person that walks in there. You never wonder why Febreze doesn't... Why don't you just make the toilet water Febreze? You know what I mean? Just put a packet of it or something in the bowl, and so each time you flush, little Febreze goes in there. I wouldn't recommend it for everything, and I'm not sure if it would contaminate the drinking water, and it might even offset all the stuff the government's putting in the water, but um, it would be nice to be able to walk into a public restroom and not feel like you got hit by John Wick's diaper full of shit. So, um, anyways... And when you do, if if it smelt nice, you already got the music. Just grab your partner's hand and dosy dough around that, around the urinal. Everybody, welcome to Love's Prom. Worlds collide. Um, I'll leave you with this today. I had a link here. I'll pull it up real quick. I got to tell you this because every once in a while, when you're looking for stuff or, or trying to remember things or um, jotting notes down. Sometimes you find things like on the websites you're on that are advertisements. You know how I feel about those. And it just catches your attention. And this was one of them. And I clicked and saved it because I know a lot of my audience um, is interested. This is from a company called V is in Vector, N is in Nancy, S is in Sam H. V N S H. And what they do is this is a new holster. Okay, it makes any semi-automatic pistol virtually invisible and comfortably carries two spare magazines. No matter what kinds of pants, shorts, or skirts for the ladies you're wearing. Uh, Urgent, because of inflation, prices will be going up soon. So lock in your special pricing right now. I'm going to go ahead and play this, and I want you guys to be able to... First, I'll read you this, because do you need a new holster? (laughs) 34,131 Americans have trusted us this year to give them the most comfortable holster. God, my holster is not comfortable. Dude, what kind of holster do you got? Oh, man, I got a VNSH, dude. 31,000 of us got these, dude. Um, The VNSH holster is rapidly becoming one of America's best-selling holsters, and for good reason, too. It's the most comfortable holster you're ever going to wear. It works with any clothing imaginable. That's right. 
because the built-in waistband simply goes around your torso like a belt. Don't you get it, dummy? That's the problem with old holsters. You need an additional belt. This one's got one built in. It doesn't need to hook or clip on your pants or your old crappy belt. It's designed practically. Guarantees you're not gonna... You will not print, which makes your gun virtually invisible to others. God, look at that. Man's... It's not a gun, I can tell. Well, I can't tell. I think it's just as... There's not a gun there. <laughs> they show the picture. It's like, no way you're going to be able to see this gun. It's like, I could probably clearly see that gun. Um, ma'am, you're, <laughs> you're wearing a Juneteenth teaback and you have a gun sticking out. How'd you th- see it? I thought it was invisible. Let's see what this idiot has to say. I'm going to enable sound. Okay. How do I do All that? All right, gun owners who want to conceal carry, let me tell you about a big mistake that thousands of people are making all across the United States when it comes to their holster. That is the guys, thousands of people are making this mistake, so listen up. His shirt says prey on it. <laughs> getting the wrong holster. And by the wrong You're getting the wrong holster, guys. Hold on. Wrong holster, I mean they get a holster that they don't end up using. Look at where do you keep your keys? In my crappy holster over there. You buy a holster because you want to conceal carry, but then that holster in your gun sit at home, it's pretty much useless. So that's why I want to talk to you about the Vanish holster today. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. If you want to conceal and carry, just conceal and carry. <laughs> holster is the most comfortable holster on the planet, and that's because I designed it to be the most comfortable holster on the planet. Comfort's king when it comes to a lot of things. Conceal carry is one of those. I mean, take a look at this gym that I built here yeah. in my garage. Made out of an old Audi. I built this because I knew it's comfortable for me to have it in my garage. That's a squat if rack. this was comfortable. a case where I had to drive 20 minutes down the road, I that's simply wasn't going to work out. So Hell I put no. this here, and that's why I designed the Vanish holster to be the most comfortable. I can lift and, and hold my gun. When I'm doing squats, I like to make sure my freaking piece is with me. Just in case somebody, somebody walks up behind me, I like to turn around and be able to shoot them in my garage with my holster and my gun. Just in case. Hey, pray about it. All right, buddy? Okay, I can't. Um, let's go back to the music, guys. Um, sorry about that. But anyways, if you're wanting one, we're going to link up with, with VNSH. And if you got any questions, you can call them at 888-526-1885. Um, we're not getting paid by them. There's an unpaid sponsor. Thank you, VNSH, for uh, wanting to advertise your comfortable holster. Uh, for all you people who don't need a license for something that you're hiding, um, continue to conceal and carry. Um, you know, the only issue you'll ever have is when there's an issue, you'd have that regardless. So um, hopefully there's no issue. Uh, I prefer to conceal and carry tobacco, but, you know, I use it like the guy in Bloodsport where it's like sand in the eyes. Just open a can of Copenhagen and throw it in a, a salient, salient's eyes. A salient? S- salient? Salient. 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 He's a salient. Um, so the only thing I'll leave you with is a, a little bit more advice, and this is something that I gave to my son who was at camp, um, but I gave it to him when we were staying at my dad's flophouse room, uh, which is a room that has been discarded by children as they've grown up and moved away. So it's been everybody's room 
And then now it's just a mattress on the floor. It's the flop house. And we were sleeping there last week, and he was in a goofy mood, and so he was jumping around, and then he knocked on the walls. And I told him sternly, son, be careful. Never knock. What did I write? You don't ever knock on a wall because you never know if it'll knock back. Something like that. Don't knock on a wall. You never know who will knock back. I think I like that better. So um, I tell you what, if you do answer your door, though, and when you answer your door, you're frightened at first, but then you realize there's nothing to be scared of. It's just Kareem Salam, and he's here to sing. Get some sleep if Don't I let your meatloaf, everybody. Dream tonight, then I'll dream about you. you have an okay if day. I could. I should.